0: Well, welcome to the SAS Report podcast, featuring uh, interviews and expert insight from leading figures from the SAS community. I'm Richard Grafham, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Jorgensen. Uh, Andy is currently the CRO of Mindstream Analytics and also a significant angel investor and advisor. Um, you know, looking at your background and profile, Andy, you've certainly had a, an interesting interesting background because you sort of... Tell me a bit more about your journey. Just give me a sort of a, a snapshot. Sure. I, uh, I been, was in the space for a very long
1: time uh, and uh, quote unquote retired in, in 2009 yeah. during the uh, the swine flu pandemic uh, and uh, moved over to the private equity angel investing side of, of things and spent mm-hmm. 10 years there. And, and now uh, I guess uh pandemics are great opportunities to reinvent yourself so i'm I'm back into the software uh space uh with covid nineteen mm-hmm. so the uh the, the journey's been interesting but uh one one thing that is interesting is that uh it's kind of like riding a bike where you can uh, you could just jump back on and and you know well the road might be different the uh the, active peddling is, is still the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I suppose, you know, these pandemics, you know, like we've just gone through and, um, you know, when there's our different recessions, it is a chance to sort of reevaluate and reinvent, isn't it? And look at, um, you know, what needs to change. Um, sometimes we do get caught in ruts, don't we? So it's quite an interesting time. Absolutely. I,
1: I think if you look back in, in history, uh, even even through technology, I think, like, even Microsoft was founded during, you know, a recession. And there's a whole host of, of great companies that were sort of born out of a crisis. Mm.
0: I think it's interesting as well when you look at the, you know, some of the companies. And I was looking at, you know, some of the elements we discussed previously that you get involved with helping and also supporting these these. Um, these growing technologies, high growth technology companies about, you know, getting the investment strategy, right, getting the sales strategy, right. And the, the bit I sort of wanted to explore today was, which we touched on was around the marketing side, Andy, you know, you, you I think we mentioned that, you know, it's such a critical part of sort of being able to differentiate yourself and, and I suppose be seen in the marketplace, um, you know, in terms of how you advise people around that, I'd be really interested to sort of understand that Andy
1: sure I, and I, I think this is a, a great topic because um very often uh technologists know technology very very well um, but the the marketing side is one of the things that you know maybe they struggle with or uh i dare say that i've seen some people uh fall so in love with their technology that you know they think that everybody's going to love it once they get to see it and when it finally gets out there they don't understand why people don't love it as much as they do um but i i think there's there's two key elements right there there's the when you're starting out um and then uh once you've kind of hit stride so to elaborate on each when when you're starting out you want to think about uh finding the person who has the the greatest need uh, for your value proposition. Mm-hmm. And, and also you want to find somebody who's a bit uh, gregarious and outgoing. And the reason is that if you are successful with them, they're going to be a promoter for you. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who's an introvert who, is just happy with your solution, isn't going to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. So when you're first starting out, look at your the potential targets and the one who, you know, speaks at conferences or is constantly posting on social media or uh, or just going to a lot of networking events. That's yeah. the kind of person who is an ideal customer for when you're first starting out.
0: Yeah, so it's, um, it's looking at the... the 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 persona of the of the company and of the person to make sure you you target that type of personality and get the right behaviors of the person correct
1: yeah and if you've ever heard of net promoter score you know you 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 want somebody who is an influencer right if if you're if you're in a in in a retail business or a consumer product business you're always looking for influencers and there's no reason that shouldn't trans- transfer to having a SaaS business as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but part two of that is, is really once you start hitting stride, um, uh, people are often uh, too early to sort of open to all comers. And and once you get like a, a couple of good customers under your belt, uh, uh, people often have the urge. Nerd- for quick growth and opening up the floodgates, so to speak. But um, it's also important to, you know, uh, stick to your value proposition and not necessarily take everybody who comes in your door Mm -hmm. as you open up those marketing uh, floodgates because that can force you to go in uh, directions you don't necessarily want to go, to iterate. Um, you, You often see that the the marketing brings in that well, right? That one customer who wants, I'll sign this big contract with you if you just do this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. And you know, that's great. It's money in the door, but often it can take your product or service in a direction that you don't necessarily want it to go. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a trap you don't want to fall into mm-hmm. as, as you do grow and, and get a little bit more size going.
0: Yeah. That's very interesting, isn't it? I've seen that happen with, you know, some of my clients previously where they get absorbed by one big client in terms of the whole configuring it, changing it, making it suit that one particular customer. Um, And they become so Mm -hmm. powerful and all of your, I suppose, all of your efforts in one basket, all your eggs in one basket syndrome, isn't it? And then it's very hard to move outside of that because you've got so much commitment there. So it's a, it's very interesting. And then, yeah. Does that also translate in terms of, you know, the messaging as well in terms of obviously you're identifying who your ideal perhaps target would be in terms of you say someone with the right influence, the right personality, but then, you know, building out the messaging. So you sort of understand that internally. Do they sort of startup struggle with that sometimes sort of they've got the inventor side of that. They've got some great tech, but they don't know how to position it in the market.
1: Yeah, and and the the key to that goes back to solution selling. Oh. Um, very often people, will, again, will get hung up on, on their bells and whistles and, and product features and things like that. But yeah. if you stay true to the belief that the, the problem that this customer solved yeah. with my product is a solution to problems that other customers will have. And if you go to market with that sort of solution selling approach that says, you know, uh, ABC company say, uh, solve this pain point with our our solution. Yeah. Um, chances are that is going to find you customers who are facing the exact same problem. Yeah. And those are your ideal customers. Those are the people who you're not going to, necessarily have all your eggs in one basket. Mm. Uh they're they hopefully won't be all consuming uh to satisfy their needs. And hopefully uh you know it'll be an easy implementation for you because it's something you you've done you know once or twice before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's looking at that what's the, especially in the SAS business these days, because it's not just a one off sale, it's that you're looking for them to renew, isn't it? It's what the customer outcome is and what success looks like for them, isn't it? And then being able to use that as a reference base going forward and then building your base. From yeah. Them. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, some some some
1: people get hung up on churn mm. and how to model their, their churn. Uh, but if you have a great product that's sticky, you don't have to worry about churn. Mm. They'll, they'll, they'll love you so much, they'll never leave. Yeah.
0: Uh, What what sort of advice do you give them in terms of, you know, pure sort of marketing messages? Because obviously people have a, you know, the way we consume data these days or consume things, you know, people have a very short attention span, don't they? I mean, is there ways that you always advise those customers, you know, to go out there and gain customers in terms of their marketing messaging? Or how does that work for you?
1: I, I, I do agree. It's, um, it's become short attention span theater. Uh, the, uh, you know, it, it, the approach I think needs to be varied by, uh, the media that you're using. Um, there, uh, there's, um, there's definitely, uh, a component of social media that if you can add, uh, moving visuals, whether it be a short snippet video or sort of a moving picture or something like that, you can capture people's attention. Yeah. Um, but the, the idea is, is knowledge transfer of your value proposition. So you need a hook, right, to get them in, to make them want to learn more, to raise their hand to you and say, I would like to learn more about this. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's, again, you probably have less than three seconds to make that impression. Um, so, uh, you know, some people have, have come up with really catchy, um, ways to do this. Uh, other people have just, um, you know, just kind of thrown things in people's faces and, um, and hope for the best. I personally uh, advocate a sort of scientific method approach. Right. Uh, you know, it it can be on, beyond that classic A B testing. Mm-hmm. But if you find something that works, then uh, stick with that. Throw out the one that doesn't work, and then uh, do split testing on variations of the thing that was working. Yeah. Um, the, the idea is to get them into that knowledge funnel so that they're learning more and more and more, yeah. and you want to take them from that three second soundbite to maybe a one minute long soundbite to maybe, you know, a, a, a 20 minute webinar and, and take them further and further down the funnel um, and get more and more people involved. Yeah. So very often in this age of decision by committee, people don't think I'll, I'll just market to the same person over and over again you want to think in the back of your head as you take them down that time commitment to get them to invite more people to the, to the pie um, as, as things go along. And that very, very much helps you in that sort of dish, decision by committee. Yeah. And it weeds out your tire kickers.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? As well with the, with the, with the companies to say the, the tech tech companies as well, you know, they know what they do so well, but then it's translating that back into something which the, the you know, the layman can understand and, and positioning that right. And then having that, the message, the marketing message through the business. So the sales guys are repeating the same message, isn't it? Rather than people make going off at their own tangents and sort of simplifying a, a very complex solution is quite a difficult task sometimes in terms of being able to position it out in the market so that the people can understand it. That's a skill in itself. Yeah, and and the the
1: thing that I will you know always fall back on is is uh, speak English to your customers. Well, not, not uh, speak plainly. It, it doesn't matter what language you're selling in. Um, yeah. It could be it could be Hindi. It could be Spanish. It could be whatever. Um, but speak plainly to your customers about the value of your solution. Mm. If you get hung up on on technology speak very often that doesn't necessarily translate to the business person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the classic Apple story, wasn't it? In all fairness, that's uh, how they reinvented themselves yep. when, um, when they, when they, the second time round. So it does work, but no, that's Andy, that's very insightful. Uh, I think there's some, you know, really good, um, tips and, um, advice there within that that SaaS t- companies can take forward. So, Thank you very much for your time. If you know, if anyone's interested in perhaps uh, reaching out, if they are you know a, a growing tech company, obviously you're still very much in that angel investor environment. Are you happy to for me to sort of share details in terms of LinkedIn profile so they can connect?
1: Absolutely. the um, the The biggest takeaway that I I, I will give them is that uh, uh, I I don't always respond right away on LinkedIn. Uh, sometimes it can you know it can take me a couple of days, but just Be patient. (laughs)
0: Cool. All right. Thank you very much indeed, Andy. Thank you for your time and look forward to uh, continuing our conversation. All right. Thank you very much for the opportunity.